0: Paul Bernardo in the headline learned about this just before coming on air, that newly released documents show Corrections Service Canada stopped Paul Bernardo from having his lawyer make a statement to the media over the controversial transfer to a medium security prison. And let's keep very clearly in mind, he's still enjoying this transfer today. And so at the time, Corrections Canada and the Trudeau government are tripping over themselves to explain all this secretive move, which they still have not done yet. Uh, Bernardo wanted his lawyer to say on his behalf a message to Canadians. And, you know, Corrections Canada stepped in the way of it, generally says it does not tell offenders not to talk to the media, but there is a list of requirements. So Bernardo's lawyer felt they were over the line and that it's not their job to shield victims or the public. Let's bring in Tim Danson, lawyer who has, of course, represented the French and Mojave families for a couple of decades. Hi, Tim. Thanks for coming on.
1: Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Should a guy like Paul Bernardo be able to address the media through his lawyer?
1: Well, I have to tell you, this may sound like a strange answer, but um, I've always found that Paul Bernardo himself is Exhibit A Mm -hmm. for why he should not ever be released and why he should not have been transferred. Um, so I would have actually uh, yeah. uh, look forward to what he has to say, uh, because I would have a high level of confidence that it would militate against him his interests. Um, I mean, he does have a, a free speech right to uh, to talk to his lawyer and have his lawyer communicate to the media. Um, I don't have a problem with that, but the reason why I really don't have a problem for it, as I just said, uh, it would it would work against him because that's just what he does. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's, there's more significant issues uh, that um, inform this debate, which is the overall issue of transparency. I find it a little bit ironic that on the one hand, uh, according to this um, uh, uh, email, that uh, Corrections Canada wanted to kind of shield my clients. Uh, but at the same time, when my clients have brought uh, their own access to information request for the very documents that Paul Bernardo relies upon to be relieved from the full consequences of his life sentence and his dangerous offender designation, uh, and what the parole board themselves must rely upon, and which are discussed publicly at his parole hearing, um, Paul Bernardo uh, you know, declined to or to or to, to agree to release those on the basis that his privacy interests, uh, outweighed the public interest in knowing, you know, how this system worked, and the Corrections Canada, the Pro Board, and the Government of Canada uh, sided with Paul Bernardo. And um, so, if they're concerned about victims' rights, maybe side on the on, on the side of the victims and the public interest to see how this system works and how these transfers take place. Yeah. So I'm just a, a little bit cynical about their, their their concern about victims because when it really counts. Uh, uh, we haven't seen that, and we now have that issue on a leave application before the Supreme Court of Canada. So hopefully we'll get some uh, further judicial guidance on, on these issues.
0: It would be nice. I mean, but I think if, you know, you, you look through the fog of this, they were in a 10-alarm a fire. Uh, the government's trying to figure out what to do. Corrections Canada's trying to cover its butt. And, and you know, to let Paul Bernardo come out and say something would have just ignited even more controversy, although I do agree with you. Let him speak and let people see just what an animal is. He is, and I, I apologize to animals because you know he. he <laughs> I think he would reveal himself. They often do. Um, having said all that, he's staying put. This government, which came up with all the talking points, did not see any reason to step in and change, you know, legislation to make this, you know, go uh, to, uh, reverse this.
1: Right. So I mean, this, this is, is you know, this is completely inexplicable. I mean, we're talking about uh, a sadistic, sexual, psychopathic. Uh, Uh, murderer and dangerous offender, and when the transfer took place, and it's the point you just made, and it's a really important one, which is the the prime minister, uh, the Privy Council, the the minister, other political leaders all came out publicly to express their outrage over the decision to transfer this individual from maximum security to medium, and then they commission a report, and then the report says, well, we did everything according to law. Even if one were to assume that, I'm not prepared to accept that, but even assuming that, then if if it's outrageous and it's inexplicable, then change the law and they're doing nothing. And that's the problem. And someone's going to have to square that proposition that the prime minister and the minister and others uh, found this this transfer to be uh, completely outrageous, and then do nothing about it after. That's precisely the stuff that brings uh, the administration of justice and public cynicism into, uh, well, the administration of justice into disrepute yeah. and accelerates the public cynicism in our justice system and our political system. And it's just not acceptable.
0: It's not, but we do accept it and we have now normalized it. And so then you wonder, you wonder about, you know, the French and the Mahafi family and all the others who are going through this, whether it's uh, the Staffords or anybody else uh, who we've talked about in this situation. But, you know, what are they saying? Because I think really they've probably given up on the fact that they're going to get the true justice they deserve. But I, I mean, it really is quite an affront to them.
1: Yeah, well, it is. I mean, it, and it's a dilemma because, you know, in, to, to, to the question, would they want Paul Bernardo to speak out? Uh, you know, they would probably say at, at at one level, in one context, no, they don't, they just don't want to hear from him. They don't want to hear his name. It, you know, it's painful. Uh, we were preparing for um, yet another parole hearing uh, for next month for Paul Bernardo. Uh, you have no idea uh, what that does to the family, the the anguish that they experience to, pre- you know, prepare victim impact statements and, and get ready for another parole hearing. And then Paul Bernardo decides, well, I don't want to proceed next month. And now it's been put off to February and we'll see what happens in February. I mean, this should not be allowed. That's re-victimizing the victim. So, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, they'd rather n- never hear from him again, but they do understand that, as I said uh, a moment ago, uh, when he does speak, he really uh, uh, hurts himself. And that's one of the reasons in our ATIP application, the access to information request, we wanted the public to have access to the audio recordings of the parole hearings, to to, to hear what Paul Bernardo himself says. And then you'll see how much damage he does to himself, because he speaks about the unspeakable crimes that he committed against uh, my client's children, uh, as if you and I were talking about the weather. And it is bone-chilling when you hear it.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Well, nonetheless, I'll keep talking about it. You'll keep talking about it, and we'll hopefully bring change one day.
1: Appreciate your time. Thanks, Tim. Tim
0: Danson uh, joining us yet again on yet more questions that we'll never get answered unless you get a change of government, which is what we desperately, I think, at this point need.